Um, in Pirkei Avot, it says that in the fifth chapter of Pirkei Avot, the ethics of our fathers, it says there that there are ten things um, that the world was created in, ten speeches. And then it says there were ten generations from Noah, from Adam until Noah. And then it says ten generations from Noah until Abraham. So there's a lot of tens. It lists off all the different things, which ten, which has ten uh, aspects to it. And finally, it goes to Abraham and it says about Abraham, he had ten life challenges. Ten challenges that Abraham had. So Maimonides here, he says very interestingly, he says that all these tens are there not just to tell me a history. It's Musar Adam. It's a mythical an ethical message for mankind to teach us to be hasty, to have Im improved uh, midot, personalities, and to have uh, better mindsets in dealing with certain situations. So this is the words of Maimonides when he introduces this chapter, which means to say that when you learn the story of challenges that Abraham went through, it's meant to be a story for us, the challenges that we go through. And he says, further, furthermore, uh, there's many different quotes here, but very interesting. There's 10 challenges that Abraham went through. And I want to go through some of these challenges and show you how we all go through these challenges ourselves in our lives. Um, and that's really the idea. Look, it says like this. This is in Binyan Yeshua, a book that was written a few hundred years ago in another Pirkei Avot called Avot Daribi Natan, which was written at the back of Pirkei Avot, which is more extensive and has more of a Midrashic feel to it. So this, this book, Avot Daribi Natan, also says, and, and there's a pirush, an explanation on this 10 challenges that Abram went through. And it says, again, if a person goes through a challenge in life, nitgadel v'nitromem, that challenge will now lift you. It will make you great. And it would give you a nisayon, a lifting pla a platform, a place to stand on. Like it says, in Parashat So again, this statement of nes, miracle, or nisayon, which is also the word for a challenge, all teach me that when you go through a challenge, we don't want it. We pray every day, don't bring me into a place of challenge. But when we do go through a challenge, we are now lifted up on a new, on a new place. We're now placed on what we call a pedestal. And that challenge is in front of us. And if we overcome it, we are now lifted up into a new place. And he says, uh, we will be like Abraham. If we overcome these challenges, we will be like everyone. Listen to this. He says, We merit and we get good because of Abraham who overcame all of his challenges. That's why Abraham was called Abraham Avinu. We're saying here something fascinating. The challenges that Abraham didn't, that went through wasn't just for him. They actually opened a pathway for the future generations. The example given is when somebody goes into 
a challenge in their life, right? Everyone goes through different challenges, and we'll speak about the challenges that Abram went through, some of them. But everyone that goes through a challenge in their life, that challenge is now a, a message to everybody else. Look, that person went through it. You can also do it. When, it's your, when you're the first person to go through a challenge, so no one else is there to prove to you that it's possible to overcome it. But when we hear motivational stories or constant stories of other people that went through a similar situation, overcame that challenge, then for us, it's like they've made the pathway, they've shown it's possible. That's why whenever we go through a challenge, see, we, we look to see other people that went through the same thing and how they overcame it. Very interesting. But that's exactly what Abraham did. He was the first, he's called Abraham Avinu. That's why he's called our father, Abraham, our father. Why is he our father? Not just because of lineage, not just because he's our forefather. He's considered in Judaism our father because he helped us. He gave us messages, a lesson of how to deal with those challenges. And he helped us in those challenges. Our rabbis say because of him overcoming those 10 challenges, we were given uh, the Ten Commandments. We had the Ten Miracles that took us out of Egypt. So Abram was the first person to overcome challenges that are insane, that seem impossible for us to overcome. But once one person overcomes it, now the path is easier for everybody else to do it. It's like, um, it's like having a truck, which, you know, a big tractor, which paves the path for everybody else. So the first path that it goes on, it's, it's driving, there's, there's lots of things on the way, there's stones, there's rocks, there's, there's all different debris, everything's in the way. But as soon as this tractor comes along and clears the path, now it's much, much easier to go on that path as well afterwards. So that's really the message here. It says as well, HaKavanah Lomar, the message here of us studying the 10 challenges that Abram went through is for us. The intention is for us that we should go like our fathers. Just like our parents went through those challenges and they overcame them, so too, Yasu Banav, so too we can learn from that and also overcome them. Again, and it says, uh, somebody who does go simple in, in a place of challenge, meaning overcomes it without complaining too much. Ashrei banav acharav. Praised worthy are his children after him. Very interesting. You, you don't only change yourself, you change your children. By the way, this is actually a proven idea that when the way you react to certain things actually affects you internally and it will affect your genetics, your children. Interesting. Our, our forefathers taught us, Abram taught us chesed, kindness. Uh, Isaac taught us gevurah, overcoming and restriction. And Jacob taught us emet, or tiferet, the middle path, the truth. So all of these personalities were things they worked on. And by working on that, it actually comes a part of you. Uh, for example, um, through our work, I'm just talking about myself because that's all I know is myself, right? But through our work, I've become a much more kind person, for sure. 
it used to be before I started this job, which is meeting people and speaking to people, I was much more self-centered. But because this is my job to always meet people and say hello and talk to people, I've definitely felt that kindness has now become a certain uh, part of me. It's come a, a intuition of mine. It's, it's embedded. I'm not perfect. I've got lots to work on. But it's definitely because it's been a job that I've been working on constantly. It's my career. It's definitely come. It's definitely impacted me in a massive way. So I believe, and Judaism believes that not only will it impact me, it will impact my children that I have. The power and the energy that Abram had to overcome his challenge is the energy that we will have and that we will not only overcome it ourselves, but we will give it to our children. We'll give them the tools to overcome them. My kid sees me complaining about something. Do you know what they do? I see it all the time. If I complain, they complain. If I train myself to be happy, they'll train themselves to be happy. It's, it's a, you know, with the way you educate your child is not by telling them what to do, it's by being. So we, through our lifetime, we educate our children by being. But even in our genetics, we can actually pass over a certain gene to our children, which will change them based on the way we changed ourselves. This is a Jewish belief that we believe very much so. That's how the Jewish people have a certain genetic. Because we had Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They all worked on certain things. And from them passed on to the future generations. We, we are considered as a people that are Baishanim, Rachmanim, and Gomlei Chasadim. We are considered as people that are shy, merciful, and kind. We're, we're shy, we're bashful. Um, well, we're not really shy in terms of the way we... Uh, express ourselves but in, in in many ways we are by by shanim we are modest if that's the right way to say it uh, rahmanim is merciful gomle chasarim is kind where did we get these things from we got them from our parents that worked on it and those parents that worked on it and their parents all the way from abram isaac and jacob we believe in judaism that we actually change our genes by the way we act and that's a very important thing so that's what we learned from abram he went through 10 challenges he went he overcame them and helped us overcome those challenges as well in our lives what was what was what does it mean to overcome a challenge what does it mean to overcome a challenge so a challenge comes your way what does it mean that you're able to overcome it it comes my way. Uh, I have a puncture in my tire. So I have a puncture in my tire. What does it mean that I overcome that uh, challenge? How do you overcome? Either way, you go through the challenge. That's not in your control. You get a puncture in your tire and you're driving and it's, it wasn't your fault. There was, a, there was glass on the floor and it made a hole in your tire. Is, is that to do with you? That's not your fault. It's not in your control. So what does it mean to overcome a, a challenge? Our rabbis explained, This is what Abraham did. He didn't question that which God did for him. Because of his love. He didn't question it. He said, I understand that everything I've got till now is a gift. My life, my family, my wife, 
my first child eventually when he had his child everything i had till now is a gift so i i have absolute appreciation of all that i have till now and therefore i don't question he doesn't question the way of god meaning when i complain about a challenge and that's normal a lot of times we have to because it's uh it's just part of being human. It's, it's sharing the challenge with others. But there's this point where we, where we question God and we're like, how can you do this to me? So somebody who is able to recognize all the good that they've received till now and recognize that for sure there's something else that's going to come out of this is called somebody who's able to overcome their challenge. Okay, so let's go through some of the challenges, and I've written them down here, that we all go through, and starting with Abraham, okay? Now, there are many discussions and disputes of what exactly are these 10 challenges. The Mishnah says, Abraham went through 10 challenges in his life. If you read the book about Abraham, you read the story about Abraham in Lech Lecha, you'll see he went through many more than 10. There's many more. So, there are many, many discussions here of what exactly that is, but we'll use uh, one uh, explanation of Rabbeinu Yonah. Rabbeinu Yonah is one of the exp explanatory uh, Rishonim, the earlier writers of the Jewish people. And in his book, he talks about the 10 challenges that Abram went through. And we're going to see maybe are these challenges that we all go through. Okay. So obviously these are challenges that are way beyond. I'll tell you a bit of the story, but then we'll try and decipher what is it that he went through that we also go, that sounds something like what we go through. And we could see that, oh, once I understand this is a normal procedure of life and maybe there's good that's meant to come out of it, just like with Abram, good came out of it, then maybe we can embrace the challenge a little bit more. So let's look at the first challenge based off the Rabbeinu Yonah. Rabbeinu Yonah says the very first challenge was from a young age, uh, Abram faced a tremendous opposition. The Midrash explains that Abram lived in a world of chaos. There was no, he was the first guy to say that there's one God. Before him, it was paganism. And that meant that everyone, uh, even after him, it was like that. But it meant that during a polytheism, right? Polytheism was even before him, but even after him, it continued. But he was the first person to be on the other side. That's why he's called Avram Ha'ivri, Abraham the Ivri. Ivri means on the other side of the river. He was a person that always put himself on the other side. And the reason for that is because he always questioned the status quo. He faced a tremendous opposition. From a young age, our, our, the Midrash explains that the leader of that country was called Nimrod, who was a very evil person. And his astrologers, his stargazers came to him and told him, you know that man, Terach, who sells all the idols, uh, who the leader of selling all the idols, the one that owns the biggest store, selling all the idols to everybody, he's just had a baby. His son is called Abram, and that kid is going to destroy you. That's what he told Nimrod. 
So Nimrod, without questioning, said, bring him here immediately. Let's, who is this kid, Abram? Let's kill him. So Terach, who was his father, was also an evil man, quickly ran and hid Abram, hid him for many years. There's a discussion of how long he was hidden for. But eventually, not only did Abram manage to come out, he started destroying, after many years, he came out and he started destroying many of the idols. The stories told that he was in his father's uh, store and people would come in and they would say, please, uh, can I have an idol? I would like this idol. What does this idol do? Oh, that's the idol of the sun. That's the idol that you can uh, do whatever you need to with it. That's the idol of food. That's the idol. Of... So every single idol had a different message behind it. And um, some were bigger, some were smaller. And everyone that would come into the store, Abraham was looking after the store because Terach, his father, was busy with other things. So Abraham would look after the store and everyone that would come in, he would tell them, Are you, you really think this is a God? Are you crazy? This is going to serve you? Maimonides actually says people weren't stupid then. They weren't people that believed that there's no creator of the universe. They just decided that these things are ways to serve God. You know, the sun and the stars are the creations of Hashem and they're more relatable to us because we could see them. So through those things, we will be able to serve Hashem. So Abram said, you, you serve that, but that's things crazy. And eventually he would throw, many people would just leave hit the store without buying anything. And um, eventually his father comes back to the store. And what Abram did was he smashed every idol that was in the store. Every single idol that was there, destroyed. I'm obviously changing the story a little bit. But this is basically the story. He destroyed every single idol that was there and put the biggest one in the middle. And his father comes in and says, what happened? He says to his father, Daddy, you, you, you wouldn't believe it. You see that idol over there that used to be over there? He jumped up and started fighting with the other idol. And then that idol started fighting back. And suddenly there was a massive war. Chaos was going on here. Until the big one decided to, that's it, he's had enough. He went around and killed everybody else. His father looks at him and says, are you crazy? These idols are just, they're not human beings. What are you talking about? So Abram said to his father, your ears should hear what your mouth is saying. The, if you're saying that the idols cannot destroy each other because they can't walk, they can't talk, how do they fight? What are you then why are you serving them? So that was the basic uh, idea of Abraham Avinu. Obviously, there's much more to him, but that was the basic idea of him fighting his father. Abram was a man on the other side. Eventually, he was thrown into a fire, Kifshan Ha'esh, a huge furnace. And Abraham managed to come out. A malach, an angel, pulled him out and he was saved. These are all Midrashic uh, stories of the Midrash that are taught behind the story of the Torah. So Abram survives and leaves. That is his first challenge. What's the challenge? How is that a challenge that we all face? It's simple. It's the challenge of opposition. Every child from a young age is told what to do. His parents tell him what to do. 
And already from a young age, as soon as you hit an age where you start understanding something, you're like, why should I? Why? But you're you're not doing that yourself. You know how... With my, with my father, um, he was totally against wasting time on the computer, on, on a PC. He hated it. And for that reason, I never saw my dad on a computer. Never. Only once I, we left our home and the kids grew up and everything, suddenly my dad was, you know, he would spend some time on it you know, for certain things. But never, whilst I was growing up, did I see my dad on the computer. You know why? Because to him, he knew that if he's going to go on it, it's going to give me a reason to go on it as well and waste time on it as well. So for that reason, he never was seen on it. I never saw him on it. It's also partly because he never knew how computers work. He doesn't know how computers work. But that's another discussion, right? It's from a different generation. But I, I, I feel that one of the greatest oppositions we have to the way our parents bring us up is when there's hypocrisy. When our parents tell us, and because no one's perfect, we want our, child to be, our children to be much better than what we are. And I'm sure everyone's experienced that somehow with their parents. Like their parents are saying, don't waste time, and then they waste time. Don't spend money on certain things, and then they spend money on certain things. Don't. It's because they're speaking in the way that they want to be, and, and they want that in you but not in the way that they are. So what happens is, and this is what Abraham Avinu went through on a massive scale, is facing hypocrisy and opposition. He was standing up for a certain truth and he sees that everyone else is is not making sense of it. No one's listening. So I feel that that's for sure one of the first challenges that we all go through is the challenge of opposition. As we grow up, we challenge the status quo, let's say, where we say, uh, uh, excuse me, but I'm brought up this way, but why? Why did you teach me this? Why, why is this so important? Why are we all chasing after this thing? Why are you so charged about your job? Why are you charged about money? Why are you not spending time with me? When I'm a, when I'm a parent, I'm going to do parenting so much better than my, my parents. We all say this, right? I said that, but then I look at myself and I'm like, my parents did a great job. So, you know, it's very easy for us to face that up. It's, it's very easy for us to judge the way that we're brought up. But one thing's for sure, we face an opposition. There's things that we grew up with that we did not like to see, and we say to ourselves, we do not want to do that ourselves. So that's very the very first thing. And obviously the opposition here was an opposition towards absolute truth. Abram knew that there's a truth here, and he saw a falsehood, a lie in front of him. Okay, so that's the very first challenge he went through. The second challenge is this week's parasha, which is Lech Lecha, go for yourself. Now this is very, very interesting. Abram was then told at a certain age, leave. Leave your father's household. Leave the way that you've been grown up. This is the language exactly that God says to Abram. God says to Abram, Lech Lecha, Me'artzecha, go to yourself from your land. I'm literally translating this. Go to yourself, that doesn't make sense, from your land, from your birthplace, from the house of your father, 
to the land that I will show you. And if you do that, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I'll make your name great and you will be blessed. So here Hashem tells Abraham, go to yourself. Go to yourself from your land, from your birthplace, from the house of your father to a land that I will show you. Doesn't that sound strange? Shouldn't have said, Lech el ha'aretz asher ar-eka. Just go to the land that I'll show you. Why does God say to Abram, go for yourself from your land, from your birthplace, from the house of your father, to the land that I will show you? Very strange. That's the first question. What's the redundancy here? And why does it say, go for yourself? What does it mean, go for yourself? From your land, from your birthplace. From, just say, go to the land, I will show you. So that's the question of here of Lech Lecha. There's more questions. Also the order. If you want to tell me, go. And you're telling me to leave where I come from. So tell me, Lech Lecha mi bet avicha. Leave your house of your father. Then tell me, Go from your birthplace, which is the family that you have, you know, the place that you're born, the street, the area that you're from. Then tell me, from the country that you're in. Don't tell me, go from the country you're in, leave the country you're in, then leave your family and your street that you're in, your, your birthplace, and then leave your home. That's not how things work. Normally you leave the house, then you leave the area, and then you leave the land. The order's wrong. The answer basically is, Abram wasn't told to just leave. He wasn't just told, leave the land of your father. He's told spiritually, leave the land of your father. Leave the mindset for your good. Lech lecha, for yourself. Go to yourself. He didn't just say go. Go for your good. And this actually teaches us that... The only time a person should really move somewhere is if it's going to actually have a spiritual influence, a growth influence on you. If it's going to be for your good. Like it says uh, in Rashi, Rashi says, Lech lecha lehanatcha Go for your benefit, for your good. You see, leaving place, leaving one place to go to another for no reason, which doesn't have any depth to it in itself, is, uh, is not the point here. The point is to move for your own benefit. What's, what's moving for your own benefit? For your own growth. So this is what Abraham was told. Lech lecha from your land, from your birth land, and from the house of your father. Spiritually, you're very much influenced from the country that you lived in. Spiritually, you're, then you're influenced from the house that you lived in and the street that you're in, the area that you're in, and then from the home that you're in. So Abram was told, leave, leave all of that stuff behind you. Leave that stuff behind you. Move on. Move on. So that is the second challenge that we all go through, and that's moving to a place of independence. I think that that story of Abram being told to move and to find himself, to go, to another place is actually a message of independence. 
that's the stage or the challenge that we all go through. The first is the opposition, the place where we, we are brought up in a certain house and there's things that we don't manage with, that facing that opposition of things that we don't find true and we stand up for that truth is the first stage. The second stage is moving on and finding what we call independence. That's the next stage where Abram leaves and he's told, go for yourself from your land, from the house, from your birthplace. Uh, that is the, the second place, the second thing that you have to do, which is, by the way, our rabbis teach us that uh, changing a place can change the decree of a person. Our rabbis teach us that if you have a difficulty in the place that you live, there's five, I think there's four things. There's four things that if you change, it can actually change your mazal. In English, that's called luck, but it's the wrong translation. It's your reason, reason to succeed. There's certain times where, for instance, a person can't have children. I know somebody who didn't have children for about 18 years finally left, went to another country uh, to be a rabbi in another place, and then had children. Isn't that interesting? Immediately, the, the year after, he had his first child. So there is a statement called, Change place, you will change your reason to succeed, your, your, your uh, blessings. You will change your blessings. Another thing that our rabbis teach us in the Gemara is that if you change your name, Meshane Shinui Hashem is another thing that can actually, that's why when somebody's very sick, they would actually change their name, they would add a name to them to, uh, to give that person more bracha. Uh, for instance, I know somebody who was very, very sick, they'd add a name, Raphael. God should heal him or something like that to his name that would then give him a new mazal, like a new status, so to speak, where now the blessing can come from another angle. So we see that in this, in this story as well with Abraham. He was told, leave, leave the place that you're in, the place that you're from and go to a new place. That is a challenge that we all go through. And that's called independence. Okay, the next thing that Abraham ha had happened to him was as soon as he leaves, he goes, he travels, and God says, listen, I'll bless you, I'll give you, you just do it, you've got to do the right thing, move on, go for yourself. He goes, and guess what happens? He gets to the land that he was meant to get to, which is the land of Canaan, and in that land, do you know what happens? Fascinating stuff. In that land, there was no... Uh, there was a famine. And our rabbis say that it was the first famine ever. <laughs> the first famine. So Abram goes, gets his independence, goes on his own, leaves. He travels with his cousin Lot, but he leaves. He leaves his home. He leaves the place that he came from. Goes to the land that he was told to go to. And guess what happens to him? He finds out that the land that he's walks in, has a famine. There's no food. Everything is out. COVID. Nothing's doing. The whole place is closed. Can you imagine what a challenge that is? God told me to go and do the right things. So I went 
I get there and then there's a famine. I've never heard of a famine before. Our rabbis explained that this was the first famine that ever happened. So what kind of challenge do you think that, rep- that resonates to us with? Does anyone know? What challenge are we talking about here? The challenge of food. The challenge of a famine. What challenge is that that we all go through in our lives as well? Do you want to know? It's the challenge of livelihood, Parnassa. It's the challenge of Parnassa. So this is the third challenge that we all go through. And that's called the challenge of livelihood, Parnassa. So Abraham leaves the land that he came from, comes to the land, and it's, there's nothing there. It's desolate. He's facing a famine. That's the face. That's the challenge that we all face as well. We kind of feel like sometimes I'm doing the right thing. I'm working so hard. I'm, I'm trying my best, just about making it, and it's so tough. And that's exactly what Abraham Avinu went through. The first thing he did after he got his independence is he was faced with a challenge of livelihood. I wrote down here a point here. Very interesting. So let's think about livelihood for a minute, okay? It says in Kohelet, Shavti Hashemesh. I sat and I saw beneath the sun. The sun represents the pattern of the world, the world, right? The sun always has its time where it comes out, when it goes down, never fails. So I saw under the sun, meaning under the way that the nature of the world works. Shlomo HaMelech says, Kilo lekalim hamarutz. Hastiness or, or being able to be quick is not specifically by those that are light people. You can find heavy people that are much quicker than light people. He continues, There's obviously much more depth behind these words, but listen to the words. War is not something that's only by the strongest. The strongest of people are not the ones that always win war. We've seen that throughout our history. The countries that were the strongest, that had the most money, that had the most, uh, um, you know, uh, warfare ability, they had the most everything, they, they still didn't win the wars. And we see that through our history. The, the greatest nations of our past don't exist anymore. Then he continues, He says, and I've also noticed that bread, which is money, does not only belong to the wise people. Vagam, also. Lola Navonim, Oshel. Wealth is not only by those that have a strong understanding of things. Vagam, Lo Yodim Chen. He says, also, those that know a lot don't always have the most favor in other people's eyes. Just because you know a lot doesn't mean that you're relatable to others. Make sense? He says, Ki et vafega yikare et kulam. Because time and fate overcomes all of these. Interesting. How true is that? You've noticed people that are successful financially and you're like, that person? And then somebody else who's did everything right, went by the books, and just, it's not working for them. They just didn't make the money. 
It's, it's amazing. It doesn't necessarily mean that the wisest of people always have food. And all the most understanding and the, the people with the most intuition uh, have the most wealth. It really doesn't work like that. So when it comes to livelihood, it doesn't work like that. But we always say, every time we make benching, when we bless after a meal, do you know what we say? Nam hayiti vigam zaganti. I was young and I was old. David the Melech says this, but we say this in our blessings after the meal. I've never seen a righteous person that's starving. We're taught that if there is a famine, what should you do? You should go to another place. And that's exactly what Abram did. He went to Israel. He says, oh no, there's a famine. He didn't, he didn't stay there just because God told him to. He left there and went to Egypt. Because there, there's food as well. But we learned something also very interesting. It says that even though Abram fa faced that famine, very interesting stuff here. Abram was very wealthy. We learned immediately after, when he went to Egypt, Abram became wealthy. He was very wealthy with silver and gold, cattle, everything. And what do our rabbis say? This is a Talmud. Tanya, our rabbis say, Rabbi Nuharai Omer, Rabbi Nuharai said, the Torah honors people and guards them from any bad. Whilst he's young, it looks after you and it gives you hope when you're old. And that's how we find with Abraham Avinu. He kept the Torah and what does it say? When he was young, it says that Abram was wealthy. And when he was old, it says Abram was blessed with everything. So even when he was young, he became wealthy. He wasn't wealthy when he left and he listened to God. He definitely wasn't wealthy when he arrived in Israel and there was no food. There was a famine. He had nothing. He went from there to Egypt and then became wealthy. We'll be talking about how he became wealthy in Egypt. But... It's interesting because what happens is in life, a lot of times we, this is a story that I know of somebody I just spoke to. He told me he got fired from his job because of COVID. And it's sad because he did everything he needed to. He worked so hard till now. He put in all his effort. He, um, you know, he graduated, worked hard in his, his schoolwork, did everything he was meant to comes to LA, gets a job, and half a year later, he loses that job. So that's, that's sad. It's depressing. It's upsetting. That's similar to what happened with Abraham. He had the money. He, he, sorry, he was told, do what's right. Leave. Go. Go for yourself. Do the right thing. He went and he gets to Israel and he, it's like there's no money. Then what happened was uh, because they fired everybody, they said that they needed, they, they needed him specifically for a certain job that he was still, you know, he was doing in the past. And now that they don't have many people, they still need a few people to continue the work. So they actually called him up and they gave him the same job, but this time under his terms. Amazing. He doesn't have to work as many hours, much better pay. And um, not only much better pay, but 
He, he could choose the hours. That, you know, originally, it was too much for him. This job was too draining for him. And he, 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 he was telling me, this job is crazy. It's just like so much work. He got fired from COVID. And then a few months later, got the job back under his terms. Do you hear what's going on? That's the story of Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu, obviously on a much higher level, and he was doing the right thing. He was going in the way of Hashem. He was doing the right thing, right? But that's the emunah that we have to have. The emunah that we have to have, the faith that we have to have is as long as I'm doing the right thing, it's going to work out. And then what happens? I'm doing the right thing. Boom, slam in my face. It doesn't work out. The exact opposite of what I expected didn't happen. You have to understand, Abraham was told, leave your land, go to another place, and you'll, it's like somebody saying, come to LA, I'll give you a job. Leave New York, I'll give you a job. You, you fly, you organize everything, you travel, you close your rent, now you lost your rent, which was on a great rate. Everything, you finished everything, left New York, come to LA, and the guy says, I'm sorry, I can't give you the job. Can you imagine how painful that will be? That's insane. That's exactly what happened to Abraham. But not only, it happened, his expectation was from God. God's like, I'll make you a millionaire. Comes all the way to the land of Israel, of Canaan, and gets thrown out. But then he comes wealthy after. Immediately after, he becomes wealthy. So that's how life is sometimes. Now the question is, why? Why does life have to be like this? Why does it have to be that we face opposition? That was the first challenge that Abram went through. Why does it have to be that we need independence? We can't be on our own. We have to be independent at some point. We have to leave. Why is it that we have to leave? Leave our past. Leave the things that we got when we were growing up. Why is it that we are challenged with our livelihood? And the answer, obviously, we can never know exactly. That's part of the emunad. Part of the faith is, I don't know exactly. But look at Abram and you'll see how blessings come from other angles. Very interesting. Not from the angles that you think of, but from other angles. So there's a number of things here. There's a number of reasons. One of the reasons is because if it always comes the way you want, then you'll start believing too much in yourself, right? Whenever you want, the money comes. Whenever it's your decision, the money will come. It's the business that you decided that will make the money. What will happen to you, right? It's all me. I'm God. You start making yourself the everything. You start making yourself as everything. So what we need to do is lower ourselves. Don't allow that. Or, or always, always strengthen our anava, our humility, which means that, oh, I am succeeding, but it's unprecedented. It's a miracle that I'm succeeding. It's amazing. Thank you, Hashem. It, it, it makes no sense. I know people that are not. I know other people that are, but you know what? I'm succeeding and it's, I'm getting the amount that I need and I'm happy. If I work on a certain plan, and it always goes, I should always work on a plan. But if I work on a plan and it always goes exactly the way I want it, right? Then I'll start believing only in myself. That's a problem. We need the, the test of Abraham 
was there to strengthen the, the levels of emunet. It's a muscle builder. It's, it's there to build me. Look, put it this way. If I never faced opposition growing up, I, I, I'll give you an example. Today, I was in shul, and I didn't like the, the fact that not everyone was, people, some people were a bit too close to each other. So I put two masks on. You're going to get angry with me. I put two masks. I'm serious about, COVID, uh, about masks. And um, I put two on. I put this. This, this one always slips off my nose. So I have another material one that I put on myself as well. Don't have it here. So someone came up to me and started laughing. Two? So I told him, I'm very religious. <laughs> so he started laughing. started laughing. I'm telling you, when I was a 10-year-old kid, I can never respond to somebody like that. I've reached an age where today I could, who cares? So he thinks I'm an idiot for wearing two. Fine. Some people do very weird things with their ears and with their noses and with their tongues and with their lips and with all other parts of their body. So I put on two masks. Fine. That's what I want to do. Why, why are you putting on two? Because I want to. Now what are you going to say? How did I build? I was happy with myself. Afterwards, I walked off. I'm like, yes, I, I have the confidence to respond in a way which doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me what they say. I'm able to stand up and be comfortable with having two. Now, how does one build that? I'll tell you why. Because you faced opposition from a young age. From a young age, people were questioning you. And you were saying, okay, because... At, at first, when you were a little kid, you got embarrassed of them. You were thinking a lot of what they were thinking. But at some, a certain point, you're just more relaxed. The next stage of life is independence. Independ Why do we need independence? Very simple. Because if you don't have in independence, you can't have responsibility. You know, when you're under somebody else's rule, then you're also under their influence. Right? If uh, I was speaking to another rabbi the other day and he was telling me how he was telling his kid, um, the price to pay of asking me for money is the question, what for? What do you need the money for? So his kid wanted a new bike. He didn't like the bike that he had or something like this. So he said to him, what for? Why do you need a new bike? I, I don't understand. The bike works really well. Uh, may, might be a bit smaller than the size you need, but what for? So the kid says to his dad, Daddy, please, just give me the bag. I just want a new bag. So he said, no, but I, I'm asking you what for. So eventually his father said to him, listen, if you did something, I have an idea for you. You know, you're very talented at reading the Torah. You're very, very talented at reading the Torah. I think you should go to different shuls and read the Torah there and you'll get money for doing it. I think that if you made your own money, you won't face me asking you, what for? That question, what for, is a question that I ask you because it's my money. If you're in my house, if you're in your parents' house, you live under your parents' terms. If you're using your parents' money, you're using your parents' money under their terms. So... When you have independence, when you leave the world that you came from 
and I was just giving an example of money, but let's say you're leaving a world which is unethical. If you're in an environment where that's what everyone's doing is wrong, you can't tell them every time, stop doing something which is unethical. Stop talking like that. Stop being like, at some point, you just got to leave. If you have roommates, let's say, that are acting or speaking in ways that are inappropriate, and for you, you've come to a level where for you, it's really inappropriate. You don't want to be in that environment. At a certain point, you just got to leave. If you want that independence from that person, you've got to go. That's lech lecha. Go for yourself. Leave that place that you were in for the sake of your own independence. For your benefit, for your good, so that you can actually be your real self. That you could be who you really want to be. That's what it means to go for yourself. Spiritually, if you're in an environment where you want to be better than you can, that you want to be a better person, but your, your, your environment doesn't allow it, that's a problem. Then you're limited. You're confined to the, the values of the environment that you're in. You must leave that environment. So in order to be independent uh, and to have your own responsibility, your own rules, live under your own terms, then you have to leave. And that means making everything, every effort that you can that you could be in a place where you can leave and do those things. But if you're in a place which is restricting you, then you can't stay there. Okay, so that's just an idea here of Lech Lecha. The next thing is livelihood. Livelihood as well. The reason that we're challenged with livelihood is that we should recognize that it's not all me. It's not really all me. If I was always, by the way, I've mentioned this so many times, but Nisayona Osha, the challenge of wealth is so much greater than the challenge of not having anything. Because when I have everything, I start thinking it's all me. So God says, leave your land, go, get independent. Where? To another land. And I'll give you what? I'll give you everything you need. I'll bless you. Well, Guess what happens? He gets there and not everything happens. What does that teach me? That livelihood will come if I do the right thing, but not always immediately. If it came immediately, it wouldn't be a challenge for me to achieve it. So there's something that we should always remember. Leaving my parents, going, getting married and, and having my own space, that was a lech lecha moment, right? That was a moment of lech lecha. It's a big challenge of life. But then came the challenge of livelihood. And at the beginning, it's like, oh my goodness, Hashem, like you want me to do this. Like This is the right thing according to Judaism, but I need livelihood, right? So that's the next stage. And, you know, the livelihood came. But that's, that's, the, that's the next stage is that we, we face this challenge of how am I going to make it? But if I'm doing the right thing, you don't need to worry. So there's, that's the emunah, the challenge that we all go through in livelihood. And our aim is to be in the state of emunah, faith, where we actually can relax and not have that anxiety, knowing that everything is going to be fine. It's going to be better than we think, much, much better than we think. Just like the guy that lost his money, lost his job during COVID and then retrieved the job to a much, much better job than he had before. The same job, but so much better than he had before with much better terms. That's called emunah. So if there's anybody here who's challenged in terms of their job, they don't have a job yet, you are going through that challenge of Abraham. 
And he already paved the path for you. He already cleaned that path. What, how did he clean it? He taught us. The challenge is going to be there, but then something much greater is going to come through it. Sometimes when I don't have livelihood, I don't have that job, I don't have that um, uh, comfort of saying, oh, I've got the same job, I've got the same... It doesn't bring out the best of me. I just get complacent with where I am and I just do the daily grind and I, it, it doesn't bring out the best of me. And it's worth it to face those challenges which we'll face anyway. You see, somebody who has a puncture in his tire is going to have that puncture either way. It's not his fault that the glass was on the street. I'm giving you examples of things that I go through, right? Thoughts that I go through. And I fail in these uh, as well. It's not like I'm perfect. But this, I remember there's a time where I was driving and there was a little tiny glass that went in the car. Uh, a tiny glass that went in the tire. And every time, you know, the tire just keeps saying, flashing that it's lost. So you, the air doesn't go down straight away, but over a few days. So I'm filling the thing. And then two days later, again, it's beeping, showing me that my tire is getting flat. So I fill it again. Again, I realize, okay, there must be something wrong. I take it to the company and they fix it. Guys, without exaggeration, two weeks later, it happened again. They fixed it. A new tire, brand new tire. Two weeks later, there was glass on the floor somewhere and I got another small puncture in my tire. Crazy. It happened once, two weeks later, I fixed the tire, got a new one, replaced whatever. Two weeks later, another puncture. The puncture in your tire is not under, I'm talking to myself, is not under my control. That was the glass that was on the floor is not under my control. I did not put it there. Somebody else put it there. The question is, how do I react to that situation? Abram taught me a whole different ball game, a different way. It's not the way of throwing your hands in the air and cursing and saying, oh, right? It's a different way. Shalot, it says, like he said, he didn't, lo hirer achal midotav. He didn't question the way of Hashem, meaning that's what happened. It's obviously because God wanted it to happen. I didn't question, I'm not questioning it. I'm taking this with love. It must be that it's having, it, it has another reason for, I don't know what the reason is, but it must be that there's a bigger reason behind why this tire was punctured. That's what we learned from Abraham. He was with nothing, traveled all the way to Israel, but traveling in those days was very challenging. All the way to Israel, to the land of Canaan then. And then immediately goes down to Egypt. So we've only gone through three of the big challenges of life. The opposition of growing up, the independence, the facing or trying to be independent, and the challenge of livelihood. There are another seven different challenges that were brought down in Rabbeinu Yonah. And Maimonides, everyone brings the ten. And everyone has a different idea of what those 10 are. But the message here is the same. When you look and study the challenges of Abraham, when men look and study within ourselves and say, okay, we all go through this. It's normal. It's human. Everyone goes through these challenges. The question is, how do we react to them? And that's, as Jews, our aim is to follow that path that Abraham led, 
which is to embrace the challenge, knowing and believing that there's a better reason why this challenge is happening. There's a bigger picture behind this challenge that I'm not seeing. It's building me a muscle. It could be it's building me an opening for a much better path. This is the belief that we must all have um, and that we've learned from Abraham Avinu, uh, our forefather. He's our father because he paved that path for us and gave us the genetics, the code that is now allowing us to do the same thing. Remember we said that when we change ourselves, we actually change our children. Not only because they'll copy us that way, but also we change the genetics of our children. Very interesting. Our children's genes will change based on the way we, we react to certain situations. So, um, I'm not sure how much science agrees with me on that, but I think it does. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's really our idea. My wish and blessing to all of us is to learn and grow and overcome those challenges, study these challenges that Abram went through, because by doing that, we will be able to overcome our challenges as well.